Andrew, would you, would you top that up, please? Thank you. Wow, what a journey it's been, hey? And if I thought people were going to so, say so many nice things, I'd have left more often. <laughs> and I wonder... How's that? Excellent. <laughs> Nothing's changed, eh? In the last six and a half years, has everything about your life gone according to your plan? Oh. Well, that's my sermon. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how man can make plans and have a vision of the way we would like things but very seldom does it work that way. But there's some wonderful verses in Scripture. There's wonderful examples in Scripture that leave people like us, that is those who know and love Jesus with an absolute confidence because, because we believe we're not the ones that are in control. The beginning of of Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, but assurance about what we do not see. It's going to happen tomorrow, Barry. (laughs) Same as yesterday, probably. (laughs) Probably will for you, Barry. We don't know though, do we? We don't really know. In fact, it's about 19 minutes until half past 11 and even that 19 minutes is really out of my control. Even that 19 minutes is out of my control. The way that God has led throughout history He hasn't done it at all the way I would have done it, Robin. He hasn't done it at all the way I would have done it. Because the scripture tells me that God knew what man was going to do before he created him. And the scripture tells me that he knew the plan that he was going to use and set in place before he even created us. Would you have done it that way? I don't think so. As we go back to Genesis, we read these words. And God saw how corrupt the earth became for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. What does that mean? It means that people, people were choosing to follow their own plans and not God's. 
They were allowing themselves to be taken by the pleasures of life. But one man, Noah, one man stood out from the whole of creation because he bothered to trust in God. A totally different choice to every other person on earth. Every other person on earth. He chose to do what was right. Now, let's think about Noah's plans when he was a little boy. Oh, what do you want to be, Noah, when you grow up? I want to be a boat builder. Right. The person who asked him says, what's a boat? Because remember, it hadn't rained. They didn't have boats. And in amongst all the wickedness as he grew up, he was 500 years old, he had three children. And then God says to him, I'm absolutely sick of what's happening on the earth. I want you, Noah, to build a boat. That was not on the radar. God got him to do something that was completely out of his comfort zone. But in God getting him to build a boat and taking all of those years, here was God's love, mercy and grace being displayed to a wicked people around the earth. That here was Noah as they walked up to Noah and said, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Why? Because God's going to send a flood and God's going to destroy the earth and every person and living thing on the earth he's going to destroy. Why? Because you're wicked. And all of those years of seeing that ark being built, there was God's mercy being poured out. The rescue boat was there ready for those people. You and I would have done it a different way. If we go on just a few chapters, we see Abraham. Here he was, he was a farmer, he was a good farmer. And he started to build his flocks and all the things. And God said to him, Abraham, I want you to leave here and and just go that way and I'll just show you where I'm going to take you. Do you reckon Abraham had thought before that that, oh, I hope God comes and tells me one day that he's going to take me to a far off land and make a great nation out of me. Didn't pass through his head, I would suggest. But God had taken this man and he said, I'm going to make a great nation of you. But here, already, He knew, already he knew that Sarah couldn't have children. And so here's God saying to a guy whose wife couldn't have children, go follow me, go to a place I'll show you, you don't need to know about that yet and I'm going to make a great nation. Your children will number as many as the stars. I will bless those who bless you 
I will curse those who curse you and you will create a people that shall be called my people. Wow. And he just went. And we know the journey. Now, were these people perfect? Well, no, certainly wasn't. But God said that he was a righteous man. But he made some really dumb mistakes. We wouldn't do that, would we? Abraham, a man of immense faith and following God to the nth degree, but through a choice, looking at things through human eyes and not godly eyes, he made a choice that still affects the nation today. And it will until he comes. But the one person that I really relate to, actually before we get to that, is Moses. Moses, brought up in the lap of luxury, could have anything that he desired. But Hebrews tells us, the writer of Hebrews tells us, he chose a better path. Why live in a palace in Egypt surrounded by gold and silver and, and lots of food and donuts when you could live in the desert, hey, with a million whinging people? There's no choice in that, is there? Which would we choose? And here was this man that God chose. The most humble man that has ever lived according to the scriptures. Oh, did I forget to tell you he was also a murderer. And he took the people. And I reckon if he had planned it, he'd have done it a different way. Because as they all raced out of Egypt with all their goods and chattels, they went right down, chased by the army, right down and stood on the edge of the Red Sea. Oh, Red Sea, army, that's got to be good. But you know, the way we plan things, we meticulously go through the ways And we always plan on being able to do things our way to make it work. But when God gets involved in our lives, he always does it in a way that only he can make it work. And that's what faith is. Having to place our trust in him to make it all work. And yet tirelessly we seek to make our lives or place ourselves in a situation where we make it work. The person that I really, really do admire in scripture and it might be a totally different choice to yours. 
is Jonah. Because he was able to stand up and show his humanness before God. He was able to be truly honest before God. He really, really, really hated those Ninevites. He really did. He hated them. He knew what they were like. And I would suggest the verses that ran through his mind all the time when thinking about those Ninevites and even when he went and preached to them and when, especially when he was sitting down under that plant to try and get, try and get some relief from the heat. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. God, Noah desperately, sorry not Noah, Jonah desperately wanted God to rain down fire from heaven upon those Ninevites. God always acts in love and mercy. The way that he went about releasing his people from Egypt even gave them the chance to repent, the, the, the Egyptians, chance to repent. But they chose not to. Always he acts in love, grace and mercy. Always. And when Jonah was asked to go, he ran the other way. Not because he was scared, because he didn't want to go because he knew that God always fulfills his promises. He knows that God always acts in the same way, in mercy. So when he finally went and he walked through that city and he preached the message of God and the people turned from their ways, the king right down to the beggar, even the, 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 the heartfelt uh, repentance was such that they even poured ashes over their animals to show how sorry they were before God. And all that did was annoy Jonah even more. And he went out onto the hill outside the city and he sat under this little bush to get some shade. And he sat there stewing in his own juices that God would even think about showing mercy to them. And then overnight this God died and the next day he sat there under the sun still stewing that God hadn't acted like he thought, like Jonah thought he should. Wow, you know, that in so many ways sums up me. Things should happen the way I want. And I know it sums up so many of you today that we want God to do things our way. We just do. We think this is right and we think this is right and this is the way it should happen. Instead of leaving it up to God. Do you know, and I've said it here so many times, Life is not about me or you, but it's actually about God. 
It's actually about God. And he wants to take us and he wants to love us. He wants to show us mercy and grace and he wants to mould us to be more like his son. Just like his son. And as his son walked on this earth, he looked upon people with compassion. To those he could give to, he gave. And from those he could receive, he received. He went out of the way for other people's good. And when he sat with his friends, he enjoyed their company, he mentored them and he kept their conversation right. Is that what we do when we meet with our friends? We encourage them, we have a few laughs, and we keep their conversation right. Hmm. Do we? I'll leave that to you. You know, I'm going to be moving on, already have. But I do pray that over the last six and a half years that our journey together has allowed all of us to grow and has allowed us that our minds will be placed squarely on God and the fact that he has a plan. We've mentioned this so many times and quite a number of the series that we've done has pointed to the fact that it's actually about God, his plan. He only has one plan, only ever had one plan and when we mess it up, He comes back to that plan. And when we mess up that one, he comes back to the plan. He doesn't have multiple plans that he has to, oops, you messed that one up, we're going to have to go to this one. Oh, they messed that one up, we're going to have to go to that. That's not the way it works. When he called Noah, there was only one plan. When he called Abraham, there was only ever one plan. When Moses sent the 12 guys into the, into the, uh, uh, to spy out the land and they came back, do you think God was going to be swayed by what they said? Was God moved by the 10 that come back and said, whoop, not going in there. It's terrible in there. You don't know what might happen to us in there. And the two came back and said, The two, whose minds were on God, just like Noah and Abraham and Moses, the two that came back said, wow, wow, what a journey this is going to be. This place is all ready for the taking. This place is awesome. We've just got to get in there. God's in this. That's what they said because they saw it (coughs) through God's eyes. Now from this time forward, 
in the life of Montmorency Community Church, (coughs) our eyes have got to be, how are we seeing the future? Is it through our eyes and all the negativity that that brings or potential negativity that that brings or do we look at it through God's eyes and say, wow, got rid of Garth, what's next? (laughs) Do we look at it and say, wow, God's got new things happening and I know that he wants me to be a part of it. We can be like the ten that came back out of the land and say, I'm scared. Because that's what they were saying. Or we can be like Joshua and Caleb and see all the excitement about what God's going to do and how he's going to bring it about. And it's so God because I need him to be a part of it. I can't do it on my own. I just can't. And that's the way God likes it. Folks, I have pretty funny feelings about today. It was really strange yesterday. I've been strange for a long time, but the last couple of days trying to, you know, connect feelings and all of those sort of things and just haven't been able to do it. Yesterday was really unusual for me. And, uh, but today, today, I'm just so excited. I have absolutely no idea what the future holds for Melinda and I and our family and uh, genuinely don't have a job and uh, I'm going to, uh, this afternoon I'm going up to Jeremy's place and um, I'm going to try for a few days to not mess things up and do as little damage as I can and then I'm going to come back at the end of the week and, uh, and I'm going to have a few weeks holiday. And in all of that, I trust that my faith will then lead us or continue to lead us on the journey that God has had us on since we were married and continue to lead me on the journey from before I was born. And I pray the same for every one of you because when Garth is not here next Sunday... And some go, yippee. God is. And who would you much rather at the helm, Garth or God? Who would you much rather at the helm, Garth or God? Yes, it's obvious. It's really obvious. But letting God be at the helm is the key. Letting him be at the helm is the key. And I'll say it again. Letting him be at the helm is the key. The key verses of Joshua. 
the key verses of Joshua, sorry, the key verses of Judges, the book of Judges. And man did what was right in their own eyes. Folks, just don't do it. Just don't do it. God has great plans for Monty. Awesome plans for Monty. He's going to grow the people. He's going to grow it in numbers. And he's going to grow the ministry. And that's going to be awesome. Do you want to be a part of it? Yes, I know. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for all of our lives and the way that you have journeyed us. And you've brought us across each other and from that time you've journeyed us together. As all of us look back over our own lives, and we look at them, we probably think, wow, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. But as you take us and journey us through our lives, we go through experiences that mould us. If we let them, they can mould us in a negative way. But if we let you take those things, they mould us in a positive way and you use them for your glory. And Father, I pray today in the changes that are happening here right now that you would take these experiences in people's lives and you would mould the people in a very positive way for the future. Father, I'm so excited about what you're going to do in the life of Monty. I'm also very excited about what you're going to do in the life of Melinda and myself. As I look back at my own life, uh, there's so much that I would change from my eyes and yet those things you have used to mould me. So, Father, today I lift up every person here and those who are not here today but who would love to be and couldn't. And I commit them to you and I ask you to bless them individually as they journey with you that you would grow them in such a positive way. Some of those things will be through positive experiences, some will be through negative experiences and I understand that but I still ask you to do it because as you mould them they become more like Jesus. And we look forward to the time, Father, where we will meet again but in your presence. And we will gather and we will be able to look back and talk about the journey of life And in that day we will truly see it through your eyes. Bless us all now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.